Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 630, I Care Bunches. (laughs) (laughs) Did I get it wrong? I mean, sort of? (laughs) I don't even know what to do with you. (laughs) That's how I like it. (laughs) So, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Before we dig into the movie proper, uh, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Uh, Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, uh, perhaps leave us a review so people that come along behind you know that uh, we're worth listening to. And you really find- want to plug the reviews on this episode? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know the alt right doesn't like this movie, and they can. The alt right doesn't like anything. They can eat a packet. What a joyless yeah. bunch of. Yeah, go like, away. <laughs> your guy lost. Who cares? Like, even beyond your guy lost, I mean, you know, everybody's guy loses eventually. Like, it's not even that. It's just like, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, you suck the fun out of everything. I'll tell can- you what. Go watch the last Rambo. Jesus, just go suck yourself. So, anyway, uh, so I don't get <laughs> what they do in the reviews. <laughs> go watch the new Gina Carano movie. <laughs> the only reason that I bring it up, and because I sent this thing to Tom, is that this movie, just to preface it, and I know we're in the middle of plugs, but while it's relevant here, this movie got review bombed because it has a strong female protagonist, and there are lots of things about, like, oh, you're only saying these things because I'm a woman. And so, you know, it's broaching the subject matter, and we'll get into it more. But it's that type of a target for certain people that do not like it when the main character of a movie is has a, a vagina. Ha, it was a strong woman, a dom, you know, a dominant. It, here's the thing that this didn't happen to Atomic Blonde. I don't though. think they watched the movie. Yeah, because no, if they you didn't. watch no, the movie, like first didn't. off, I mean, I, you know, I know we're not into the movie yet, but like she, the, she does not come off looking good, and it. No, and at the end of the movie, like she kind of get not kind of she gets her come up, and if you will, and so it's like it's like to me, it's more about somebody like twisting feminism and and weaponizing it in a way they shouldn't, and then and getting what she deserves. It's not, it's it's not what they think it is, and I don't know, I don't, I, I can't put my finger on the fact of if it's that they didn't watch the movie or if they're just that stupid. Like I, both. Uh, yeah. It's both. Like, and I just, but whatever. Like, you know, yeah, it's it, it's it's weird because like the Atomic Blonde didn't get review bombed. I mean, she's basic, and she's basically a John Wick in that movie. Yeah, but action. But yeah, I, I feel like action movies is a different thing though. Because, because, because that's because that's, true. that's fair. Because that's sexy for them, right? Like, this is not sexy for them, right? Until yeah, they different. come face to face with a woman that could snap their legs but it's in half. It's different, though. Yeah, Atomic Blonde, those in badass female action movies, whether it's going to be a Resident Evil or a Monster Hunter or any mindless fun like that, it's just like, oh, wow, you know, 
badass woman. What about the girl kid. with the dragon tattoo? Well, no, that's a different type of movie. But we're talking okay. about action movies is is just different because it's they're not trying to say these things. This movie is specifically they think saying certain things and while it does you know say like literally say things the movie also is trying to make a larger point that they're not listening to or even trying to watch what it means they just say oh i know from the trailer that this woman says you think i'm weak because i'm a woman and i will you know destroy you because of that and then they're like oh well that's not our movie they're saying Boo. men are terrible yeah it's it's stupid it's really stupid <laughs> yeah i agree it's very I, uh, stupid well let's finish the shameless plugs and then we'll dig in <laughs> uh, uh, where was I at? Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and you can also join the League of Show Sharers uh, just by sharing an episode, which is the easiest thing you can do to help the show. Just uh, hit that share button so your friends and or loved ones uh, maybe check us out too. So people who were kind enough to share the show this week, uh, Travis Tewitt, who we should take a pause here. Last week, uh, we congratulated... Julianne Jordan on her engagement this week we congratulate Travis Tewitt he and his wife had a baby I guess more specifically hey. his wife had a baby but uh, well, but then, yeah. uh, presumably he played a role judging by his level of excitement so uh, <laughs> and the fact that he didn't change his Facebook status so congratulations <laughs> to both of them on having now baby. do we know is the baby in radio I, no none of them are in radio we now know so oh. <laughs> oh okay i mean yeah, i don't know I mean, so not so he so he so the, the child is following in his yeah and, and yeah, yeah and the yeah. babies are so lazy like this thing doesn't even have a job totally lazy. Like, <laughs> just lay there and <laughs> do scream nothing. and cry yeah it's, you know uh get a job well, um real quick though i want to say equally exciting um timmy Tuzun sold his house Oh, yeah, he bought it. Yeah, I did see that. that. Right? He bought a new yeah. one. I wanted. I was yeah. like, I wonder if he's got. He's. I think he's got a whole room dedicated to both Zunes. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, yeah, the new house he needed a Zune room, and the old one just didn't, you know, facilitate <laughs> that. They have kids and stuff. So now, uh, congratulations on your Zune you layer. That, you gotta have that man cave for yeah. your two Zunes. So anyway, here's the, everybody else who, as far as we know, did, who didn't have did babies, nothing worth celebrating, didn't get engaged. So here's the rest <laughs> of the losers. Yeah, <laughs> Pat, Andy, Aaron, Marlowe, Chris Sanders, Chris Williams, Chris Valls. It landed that way like uh, like a slot machine. <laughs> Librarian Cynthia, the aforementioned Julianne Jordan, Brent Smith, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Magic Man, Tammy Sherman Powers, Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, it's a Fandom Thing podcast, The Movie Journey, and then MX Dornan, which is a Jamie Dornan fan account. So thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, invasion of the Remake, Carmen DJ. Matt Neglia, we have a Hulk, which is uh, a great way for uh, last week's guest to skirt oh, the Brad Iron a loophole. So, oh my God, we finally found so one. So hat tip to you, Madame. So <laughs> well done, and and I I fully support anything that I think will just push Brad Hyen a little bit closer <laughs> to the brink of madness. That's always that's always fun for me. So she's she needs to be a guest again. If for no other reason than that. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, continuing along, Ronnie Castle, Colby Mack, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd podcast in session. Who apparently called me out for wearing tank tops Are you not, what? during uh, podcasts. Well, why would that matter? Nobody yeah. sees us. Well, he did when he was on, on the, the show. Full evening gown. Like, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Both him and Jason from the Binge Movies podcast, I guess I was wearing, like, a cut-off t-shirt. And they a cut-off t-shirt? Well, I mean, like, I cut the sleeves were gone. A crop top you were no, wearing? No, just the sleeves. Just the sleeves were gone. Oh, I don't think that's called a cut-off yeah. t-shirt. Uh, but see, Joe, he doesn't buy them. He rips the arms off of his regular t-shirts to yeah. make them. Yeah. Like and then he cuts them. I'm glad we got to stop wearing so the cut-off shorts. <laughs> well we can't see yeah. it i mean yeah you can't see anything you think i'm wearing pants now <laughs> but yeah i was just, like both of them were just like oh he doesn't he doesn't wear real shirts when he's doing podcasts i'm like I, no i gotta one day i will be finished with I'll this put list, one on. i swear here, i know here. Well, sorry i put one on today because i felt sub, you know conscious here we go <laughs> so close so close to the end of this list <laughs> in session film geek to me radio cinema recall and feel and film there we did it so we made Ta-da. it to the end I think we have all this bottled up energy because we don't do a, a news and box office episode, so we don't have anywhere to just talk. We we have to we are like timed start a stopwatch, one hour review a movie, and we don't have anywhere to just let the stuff out. So we're just trying to find anywhere some we can. So, some sort of some some like what's that what's that called the 
venting respite like we're 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 trapped in a, in a house all day for a year <laughs> we don't have anyone to talk to now joe and i have to leave the house all the time our jobs make us that's true yeah we have to go yeah. to work well yeah i'm just saying in you general. get to hang out in your house all the time so anyway okay let's talk about this movie finally you know i was listening to the uh savage love podcast with dan savage sex advice columnist the creator mm-hmm. of the it gets mm-hmm. He's very movement. good. Oh, he's I, very, I, very, he's great. Very funny. Very and, witty. Uh, and he made a great point about this movie, which is it shows you the importance when people complain about representation in film, right? It shows you the importance of representation of the film. And because your main character is lesbian and she's a bad guy, right? And mm-hmm. if you guys probably are too young to remember this, but when Basic Instinct came out, there oh, was sure. so many protests from the the LGBTQ community wasn't called that then, but uh, oh, because really? she you know, she was a lesbian, and they were like, "You made the bad spoilers." Wait, wait, she's not a lesbian, isn't she? Yeah, no, she no, she's bisexual. Okay, but they they made her okay back in like the nineties. Being bisexual was lesbian. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they're saying we didn't have yeah. that. De- that's fair. We didn't have you. that okay. degree of nuance, right? And, <laughs> that's, and so, that's true. That's true. Um, and so. You know, that community was really upset because they're like, we're never in films. And then when you do put us in a film, you've got us driving ice picks through people. Right. And so here's a movie where now the alt right's mad about it. But like but the the LGBT community is is fine with it. Why? Because there are so many other versions of of lesbians and and gay men out there that this doesn't feel like a commentary on lesbians in quite the same way like i remember when when good place came out like there was some pushback about good place because which is an amazing show but the character of of jason is filipino and he's really dumb right (laughs) there's not a lot of filipinos on tv and so people the filipino community was like oh we finally get a filipino like star on a tv show and you you make them really stupid did they walk that back at um, all? Like, did they make him less dumb? I don't really think or so. Was he, he always had flashes of 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 brilliance, like that savant every once in a while. But for the most part, no. Okay. I mean, he, you know, and so, but that, but that's the problem, right? Like, because there are so few Filipinos on TV that when you finally get one, then that seems to be your your statement about what you think about Filipinos, right? And so, sure, sure. So I just find it fascinating that, like, you know. There's been no complaints really about the fact that that she's this awful human being and a lesbian because there are so many other versions of lesbians on on TV and film that it, it, it's not a statement. Well, also, what is interesting is they don't make a deal out of it. Like it's just it's well, as you're going through the movie, you're learning more and more right. about her character. And it's just one of those things. Right. Like there's. She goes to lunch with with Frankie and they kind of have like a you can tell like maybe there's something there. It's almost like that scene in Wonder Woman with uh, Kristen Wiig and Gal yeah. Gadot where they're at lunch together. And you're like, maybe like this kind of seems yeah, there's a little, like one scene like where you see them kind of celebrating with having a, a, a sex moment. And but it's not graphic. And I, I think it's really more just there to confirm that like, hey, you're not, this. We're not leaving this up to debate. Like they're definitely a couple. Right, right, right. Friends yes, yes. who share, and they're not roommates. They're definitely a couple. But they they hint at it all the way back in the beginning of the movie, though. It's when they're driving in the uh-huh. car, and she looks at her, and she's like, you know, whatever. Keep your eyes on the road, or whatever. But she's like, they don't say it, but the way she's looking at her, and then she's like, says a little something, and you know, uh, it's hinted at there, and so they hint at it throughout. But you're right, Joe, and I think that's what's great is that we're it's it's becoming. Sorry, can you say that again. No, once and done. So <laughs> it's becoming so standard, and because there is more representation, you know, for a, for such a long time, people said, "Oh, you're forcing representation. You're forcing it. And you're forcing it," which was putting mo- just really putting more out there. And now it's become such a normal thing that they can just throw a character in there that either they're we gay saw it in last or, week's movie, and we didn't even talk about it. Do you even remember it? Rem- remind Barb me. and Star. What is it? Well, what's that? So when uh, and I forget which is which. Who's the one that's not Kristen Wiig? <laughs> Barb. 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 Okay. Uh, when Barb is trying to get into Jamie Dornan's uh, hotel room, and the the lady starts asking her where she got the shell, oh, it's sure, a lesbian sure, couple. Sure. They're standing there holding hands, yeah. and oh, sure. and but it doesn't 
it, you know, it's not even worth mentioning. It just happens to happens to be. Oh yeah, exactly. No, it been, and that's what's great though is because there is more representation now, and I mean, we're playing right into the people that will give us a zero yeah. star review. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> but what we're but but that's the it really is great because they put more and more out there, and it becomes normal, and then you don't have to even mention it. It's not something because it used to be like, oh, look at that, more representation. Like it was a newsworthy thing, and now it's right. like, no, there's just roles, and just just an actor, actors, yeah. characters. That here's are, the best thing about uh, those zero star reviews, the though is that if if it just keeps other people like them away from the show that's a win win man go for it yeah <laughs> you know if you don't i totally agree but you're with totally right with this movie though i think would be remiss and you know because it's not like the plot's that heavy where we really have to talk every second of the movie but but the situation that happened was i care a lot got positive reviews from the critics rotten tomatoes certified fresh 80% 166 reviews well the audience ratings which at the time of its release were only 250 audience ratings now it's a thousand plus so just over a thousand somewhere but it's sitting at 36 percent and so there's quite a discrepancy between 80 percent and 36 percent and this is the same kind of score discrepancy you saw on uh captain marvel you've seen on a lot of things that are either considered feminist movies or anti-man i'm putting quotes around all these words because they don't really understand some of the terminology but yeah and so oh yeah sure there are just now see it's one of these logic puzzles where if there's a discrepancy between critics and audiences that doesn't automatically mean it's all right well so i think it's flipped though right no no, hold on hold on let me finish making this point because you might not be getting it just because there's a discrepancy between critics and audiences doesn't mean that's an alt-right attack. There are lots of Absolutely. movies that critically bad. Think of a stupid movie. I'm, I'm Transformers. Gonna, I'm going to throw this out there. Or, okay, uh, yeah, Michael Bay movie or a dumb comedy like a Your Highness or something. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing out like a movie that critically may be a very stupid, poorly written movie, but people think it's very funny. So just because there's a discrepancy does not mean it's an attack. However, when there is an attack... There is a good, I mean, there is a chance it could be a discrepancy like this. Like, you know what I mean? So flip it the other way. This movie certainly is. And the reason why I know that is because I went into the audience score and I looked through the users. You're you're a brave soul. (laughs) Almost, Almost every single negative review of this movie is a half a star, right? So, like, if you just didn't like the movie but thought Rosamund Pike's a really good actor, I like Peter Dinklage, really good cinematography, the score, which is excellent in the movie, mm-hmm. but I don't like the writing and some of the stuff is contrived, whatever. Okay, two and a half stars, right? Like, you can be critical about it and say, I don't like this and that. Give it a mediocre rating. No, no, no. The negative reviews on this movie are half a star, and they're all from people that are new accounts, no avatar picture. It's their only review. And like they does were, it does it affect it if you can you do you have to give it a star rating or can you rate it at zero stars? No, you have to give it a star rating. So you have to give it something. So, so half a star sorry. is the lowest. Yeah, half so, a, yeah, right. Okay. So the the reason why it's so low in general, the thirty six percent, is because you have a lot of these five star, four star, three and a half. You know, you just real reviews from real people, and then you have half stars, and it's bringing the average down to the you know, 30% down to the lower end. And the things that they're saying are like, you know, this movie's terrible. I mean, I guess I could just read some. Their review is waste of time, no satisfaction at the end, half a star. Uh, Another Netflix high profile failure that at the end, all you care about is the time you wasted, half a star. And then some of these reviews that are, again, new users, you can tell they have never left review or anything. One of them had a half a star rating with like just a stupid review. I don't have this one pulled up. And then right above it was The Dark Knight, five stars. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's like, come on, it's it's so telling what they're trying to do here, right? And, right. and and it's just crap like that. So anyway, the point is, there's some people online that when all this was going on, they were like, oh, I'm sick of this fake outrage. Like, just because there's the discrepancy in critics and audiences doesn't mean it's a feminist attack or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but this case, it is. It is. I mean, when you start to see a trend, <laughs> like you know, like you said with Captain Marvel with. Uh, I think didn't the second Star Wars get a little bit of that because Ray was so far along in like well, her but the powers? second Star Wars was because it was all about subverting expectations that was a I different thing that was like hey you didn't like this one because it was <laughs> just like the others well I'll give you something different like do you do you do you notice though that I, I feel like what you're talking about with the discre- with the discrepancy is like that it's flipped so like your highness gets a really low critical score, but the audience yeah score I was seeing the same thing. It, it more often than not, 
not not always, but more often than not, it's when when there's a an organic discrepancy. It's more right. like the critics are like, "This movie's horrible," and the general public is like, "This movie's am- I- suicide." You don't. You, I mean, Suicide Squad. Not really, just because. I mean, sure, maybe the more general like audience stuff, like action movies, yes, but uh, art house movies, yeah, but, slow burn art house. Yeah, but movies, I think that that usually is the other I, way. I, and I I tend to say no because the art house movies aren't going to get enough people to really manufacture that high of an audience score and people are tend to self-select out of the process of an art house movie if they don't tend to like art house movies well and i'm not talking about manufacture i mean these are the real yeah. ones the discrepancy that's real is usually like art house movies. no that's what i'm high. saying that that's what i'm saying yes, i think yeah, that I think, like yes the art how you don't you don't see as even as much of a discrepancy with critics liking it and the public not liking it in art in art house movies because people that don't like art house movies tend to self-select out and not go to an art house movie because they know one they don't have as many opportunities to see it and two they already know that they don't like that hippy dippy bullshit and so they just don't go and well i think it changed when movie pass came out so sure, when, I mean, that probably made, true. made a little bit of a difference when yeah, because you started seeing people just going to the movies right. because it was free with their membership. Yeah. And so you would see a lot of people like uh, Mother, for instance, which we all are on record about Mother on this podcast. You can go listen to the yeah. episode. But that got high critic ratings and really terrible and, audience but, scores. And I, absolutely. When I was trying to think of an art house movie that was like that did that, that was honestly like the only one that came to mind for me. And but that's also like a deliberately divisive and polarizing film. Like it's looking to achieve that. Like that's yeah. But either way, like a badge of honor. They wanted people to walk out of that movie saying it was the worst thing ever. Like that's or they wanted certain people to walk out of that movie, which is also one of the things I didn't like about it. Like I felt like it was daring you to hate it, and then if and then if you did hate it, it was had this smug air of like, well, you just didn't get it. Like I just like I that's part of what i didn't like about that movie more than just that i didn't like it yeah. <laughs> but in any any or event the babies. eating babies yeah. i mean i love the eating baby part <laughs> like that's, that's all we i have a picture about. of it but yeah. so it's like those real situations and discrepancies exist but there's also this like some people are quick to negate the backlash like no people just some people just don't like a movie and don't try to turn it into oh well you're sexist or whatever it's like no okay that's fine i get that you should you know, have proof that there's a back, you know, but this does have the proof. It's read these reviews, look at the fake accounts that were created. There for a while, Rotten Tomatoes was doing like a verified review. Like, yeah, you can't do that now that I was looking at this and I go, why is this happening? Because we fixed this. Yeah, exactly. But so for movie theater, for theatrical releases, you have to prove that you bought the tickets online or send in a picture of your ticket stub. But for Netflix and Hulu and Prime and all that, I mean, yeah, you can just leave whatever you want. Like, is not liking this movie a legitimate reaction? Absolutely. They're, they're, right, they're, exactly. Like, <laughs> wh- like, I enjoyed this movie, but I can absolutely see why this would not be an enjoyable viewing experience for some people. Like, yes. it's, 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 it can... It's a. It's not. It's not an easy. It's not. Watch. It can be a very frustrating like, film to watch just from its narrative. Yes. Like you just like it's. It's an anxiety inducing movie, and some people just they just don't enjoy that. But to say that this is a half star movie is ridiculous. That's yeah. that's the problem. And and these accounts are created specifically to review this movie. And these are the type of reviews that are leaving. I just found one. I'm just going to paraphrase. Uh, they said half a star. This is the worst movie I've ever yeah. seen. Like, no, no, it's, it's not. not. No, it's unless not. it's the yeah, only they're, they're, movie you've ever seen. <laughs> exactly, and so right. and so, you know, half star. Do not waste your time. I'll only read half stars from new accounts, but you know, do not waste your time. Half a star. You know, it's like okay, I get it. If you don't like the I, it, movie, also feels calculated but... <laughs> because so many of the ones you're reading say the exact same thing. They don't waste right. your time. Don't like, waste your time. It's not like worth somebody's it. orchestrating that, or that it's a bot that's just you know. Well, here's one that I think is really telling too, and and I. I posted this one on Twitter the other day. This is a half star. A couple of untrained girls. Ugh, gross. First of all, a couple of untrained girls beat the Russian mafia. Lousy movie. Half star. And and I'm just going to jump to conclusions here. I think that they double told on themselves here. The username they created was Juan D. I think they tried to be racist and sexist in the same review. I'm not saying their name isn't Wamp, but what I'm saying is that when they created their fake account, I oh, think they I tried see, see. to be tricky. Double tried to double down yeah. on that. And so it's yeah. like, come on, give me a break. This goes into what I've said many times is that 
you're watching movies, and I get that you want them to play by the rules the film has created, but also these are movies. We love movies that are unrealistic. I, I mean, we love super. John McClane really going to beat the, this international cartel? No, he's going to die in the first right. 15 minutes. That's, gonna, that's, the exact, yeah. <laughs> that's the exact thing I posted on Twitter. I, I quoted Juan D. in quotes uh, review, and I say, oh, an un- a shoeless boy okay. uh, defeated a building through, full of terrorists? Lousy movie. That was my example. <laughs> because... It, it, you're being so ridiculous when you when you use when you say if you're really trying to make a valid criticism and say that these two women because they're not mobsters could defeat mobsters. Yeah. We have a whole history of films right. where the every man defeats the big bad. It's called the hero's we journey. It. We've been telling this story since yeah. literally <laughs> the beginning of storytelling. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's so stupid. There's a whole series of movies where a serial killer keeps coming back from the dead. Yes. To kill more people, oh, lousy Joe, lousy movie, yeah. lousy movie. <laughs> I love every second. People, okay, the an first untrained the farm boy beats a Jedi master, <laughs> right? Like I mean, <laughs> but you know, but then they would say, well, he he did have the Force, he just didn't unlock it. You know what I mean? Like they'll try to make. Well, that he argument, still but is untrained in the Force, beating someone yeah. who's hyper trained yes. in the Force, right? Exactly. And so like, yeah. So and enough talking about them. Let's talk about the movie. I will say, like, Rosamund Pike has kind of found, I guess not really, it's only been two movies, but she has nailed this tone of a character between uh, Amy Dunn and this this character that's just, like, the stone-cold, brilliant woman who has, like, just when you think you've got her and, like, boxed her into a corner... She's got a way out. Yeah, yeah this, right? I like think it, this character Marla is her ex- Marla expounding you. upon Amy Dunn from Gone yes. Girl. She's taking that character, making it the main character, and she's ruthless. She's smart. She's calculating. And uh, in this, she's movie, kind of not a good not person. Kind of. She's Amy Dunn. Oh, she's not, a horrible person. Yeah, horrible. right. Oh, well, it's t- it's tough because there is no, no, no. no she's horrible. <laughs> no, well, okay, she's horrible. You're right. You're right. No, that she is. But there are moments where she does show like some heart like when her when her girlfriend is in trouble or is hurt there are moments where she is showing moments of vulnerability but that's it well yeah i mean mobsters and gangsters have families and i'm sure they kiss their kids before they go to bed and then they go murder someone they're characters the same way right like he's totally yes but he wants to save his mother yeah, right. yeah, so that right. really doesn't show. I mean, everyone's the hero of their own story, and I'm sure they can rationalize it and compartmentalize things as much as they want. But at the end of the day, her actions show she is a terrible person. I think the yeah. difference yeah. Which, between which, her and the Russian guy yeah. and, and it's, is that he's willing to kill innocent people, and she's not. She'll hurt innocent people. She'll destroy right. them financially, but she won't kill them. But but I also think the parallels are there. I Absolutely. think what they're showing us, and this film is very smart. It's written by Jake uh, Jay Blakeson, is the uh, writer and director of the film. Um, he's done. He did. I mean, he doesn't have a huge filmography. He did that movie, The Fifth Wave, that had uh, Chloe. Yeah, the, the Grace. Oh yeah, Moretz the one you it. told me didn't the, exist. The last of the teenage dystopian <laughs> future movies. I hadn't seen it, so I didn't know that was what it was. But and he did uh, the disappearance of Alice Creed was his other directorial feature. So the guy hasn't done a ton of stuff, but I think this script is really smart. I think it has a lot to say. Um, you know, I don't think the whole thing has the best writing ever. There are some lines in there that are kind of like, Ugh. but overall, the idea of it and what they're showing with the film um the parallels between this woman who is a businesswoman and the russian mobster the the line is blurred between them like it's a really thin line between the two because while they're two separate things and you can see what she's doing is legal quote unquote because she's going through the court system and she's doing this all legally doesn't mean that it should be legal well, and she's also destroying lives and hurting it, people but here's so, the thing though because I, I i struggle with this when i was describing the movie on yeah. the radio which is that like you want to describe what she's doing is is legal, but it's ultimately not legal because she is right targeting people. She's she is manufacturing evidence to present to the court to make it look as if these people are worse off mentally than they actually are. So she's 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 presenting a false case to the court, and so she's doing it with the approval of the legal system. But sure. if if anyone could expose what she's doing what she's doing is absolutely not legal 
She's bribing doctors. Yeah. I mean, she, she and, and, at the and, end of the day. And lying about the condition of these people. Uh, yeah, right. she's a criminal, yeah. no doubt. And when I when I wrote my review, I said she's a con artist disguised as a caretaker. Yeah. It's it, she's not a good person. Well, so I gotta tell you, that's what a lot of civil lawyers are. Yeah, it's this oh, is a I, very you know it, like, like this movie is very frustrating to watch because it's like you know like you know it's one of those things where like you know she'll she'll get her her hooks into somebody. And that person mm-hmm. is trying to show that that that's not true, and then they get upset, and when they get upset, that becomes proof to the mm-hmm. system that right. there's something wrong with right. them because they play right. Yeah, because human and, nature is to be is to stand there and yell and be like, "Hey, there is not anything wrong with mm-hmm. me," and then they're like, "Look what look how bad this guy is." It is like it, yeah. they, it, it, they they foreshadow it in the beginning. Yeah. So the guy that wants to see his mom and then gets all mad and everything that's foreshadowed. That guy's great. Have you ever seen Blue Ruin? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. That guy's in Blue Ruin and it's fantastic. He's also in The Hunt. But that's neither yeah, hold that against okay. uh, Macon. His name is Macon Blair. Yeah, he there's a there was a little independent flick, and he's kind of like a mountain man. Okay, um, I don't want to give too much away because it's kind of yeah that gives the whole. But Blue Ruined, if you haven't seen it, is totally you worth know, your time. But so we see that later with the the uh, Diane Weist character uh, that is you know the main. Care, person she's caring for quote unquote uh you know she does something where she basically gets so you know worked up and angry at her situation and then the judge sees it is like holy crap you were right, right like she, right. that is how smart and calculating yeah. Roseman pike's it's, character it, is just like amy dunn right mm-hmm. like amy dunn had all of that planned out and the whole thing was you know nick and nick was you know it's it's different in that movie because nick while he was cheating on her like wasn't that bad of a guy, right? Like, there's just a different. Not enough for people to think of, he killed his wife. Right. Like, there, there's. I mean, well, you get to that, but like, we as as the audience viewer are on Nick's right. side, right? We're like, you know, you're rooting, you're kind of rooting for Nick, but you don't. But in this one, that was my only problem with this is I, as much as I did enjoy this movie, I wasn't sure who I was supposed to be rooting for. I think none of none them. And then about twenty minutes in I was none like, of oh right. neither of them. And I, I had this same issue. Like I was like I yes. wanted to root for somebody, you know, and and I think the people that have a legitimate negative reaction to this movie, that that's what's driving it, which is is fair. Which is that there's no one to root for. Because for a while I'm rooting for the Russian mob guy and then mm-hmm. and then when they start Kill, when there's when they start racking up collateral damage, I'm like, well, that's not cool. Like, I well, realize you can't root for him when the dude walks into the office with pictures of people he was sex trafficking, <laughs> and I was like, well, no, he's trafficking yeah, drugs. They're mules, but no, yes, okay, they're not sex trafficking. Okay, he's still trafficking yeah. women. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's using well, them is... to traffic drugs. Like they're yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still moving innocent people across whatever. At that point, you're just like, nope, I can't root for that guy. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good. I was just correcting the... Oh, I see. Yeah. But um, I think to build upon Tom's point, there are a lot of people that just want a basic movie. I'm not... See, now it sounds like I'm talking down to people that didn't like this movie. That's not what I'm trying to do. But there there are certain people that just want to watch uh, a movie with a clear-cut good guy and a bad guy and there's sure. nothing wrong with yeah. that if you enjoy you know action movies and all that i'm not trying to talk down to you at all but i think what a lot of people find problems with were these movies where there isn't a clear-cut good guy or bad guy um they that you get a little confused and also i think these people leaving negative reviews and aren't watching the movie they're going oh she's the main character and so you're telling us that a person that does all this to people is a good person and we're supposed to root for them that's the mistake you're not supposed to root also, for her but i i agree with you the problem that you run into though is you root for scarface you're rooting for Michael Corleone. You're rooting for Ray Liotta because they're right? not like hurting are... real people. That's the difference. What? They're they're not hurting like the Godfather. Everybody people. that is affected like, by the Godfather, they oh, opt I into see, that I see. world, right? Like that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the narrative trick that that film makes. I know that that's not that's not the way the the mafia really works. Yes. but but the way the movie tells the story. Everyone has opted in. Even if you're Enzo the Baker, like you came to them and you asked for a favor. I see what I see. And, what you're and, saying. So that's okay. and, and because like yeah, that that horse didn't do anything. To Don anybody. Corleone even says in that opening scene, like you know, you thought the police were going to help you. You didn't need people like me anymore, and now you come to right. me begging for help. 
and mm-hmm. you know, and so because he. So that's the that a lot of movies where you root for the quote unquote bad guy or a bad guy. You know, it's like when they're uh, when they're okay. John Wick, right? John Wick murders a lot of people. Who are the people he's murdering? Other other mafia. people who have opted into this world. Yeah, so I so think that's you see difference. stories like this in, lately more in television, right? Like, so it's mm-hmm. it's more you know. Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad The Sopranos, Ray Donovan, where it's like yeah. you know the same people that are watching this and complaining that there's no one to root for are gonna love like they love The Sopranos. You shouldn't be yeah, rooting for Tony Sons of Soprano. Anarchy. He's an awful human mm-hmm. being. It's he is occasionally right. charismatic and sometimes he does something nice, but it's completely it, it random practically when he's gonna choose to be nice and when he's sometimes you think he should be nice and he's a <laughs> right and does something horrible. Right, so right, you know, I, you know, I. But I, I, I do think most people come into a movie kind of expecting there to be good guys, bad guys, and then and mm-hmm. and it's going to be wrapped up in that, you know, kind of a of, of a thing. And so it because it, it took me a while too to be like, oh, okay, none of them are good. Got it, you know. And and the <laughs> irony right, right, is, but... here's the ultimate irony: if if people that that are you know conservatives that don't like this movie. If you if you watch it to the end, one you get their comeuppance, and two, I feel like the 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 guy that we see at the beginning of the movie who loops back around at the end, I kind of feel like he's supposed to be a maggot type of guy. Like, oh, I think it, you're absolutely like, I mean, right. They, they put they put him in a hat. And He's the hero. And, I mean, yeah, and kind of. Right. So yeah. I mean, like I he stops someone that's ruining right. people's lives around now in a worldwide empire or whatever. So like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I because even the hat he's in, it's not a red hat, but like a good chunk of it's red. And like at first, I thought yeah. that's what it's the trucker yeah. hat. It's not like the hat that I'm wearing. It's like that trucker right. Mesh and so hat. at first, I yeah. thought that was what that was supposed to be. And I was like, oh, okay, I, what's this about? And and they back off of it a little bit, but I really, I really think that's what he's supposed to be. He's he's. But I also don't think the film is making a statement on MAGA I don't think so in either. those moments. Yeah, yeah, like like even if that character is supposed to be kind of like the downtrodden, hardworking, everyman, whatever, like that wasn't a commentary on MAGA. I concur. But yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think you could read into that. But yeah, at the end of the day, what what's so brilliant about this movie is really they they present these characters and none of them are likable. But at, at certain times, you know, you've got your protagonist, the anti-hero, the, the you know the Marla Grayson character, and then there's times where you want the Russian mob to win. I like oh like yeah. that's how despicable yes. and the all right should love that part. They, you, but you're, you're yeah, you're for the Russians. <laughs> yeah, but you're questioning like, oh, I want the Russian mobster to defeat our protagonist because she's so terrible. I think that's I, really compelling when it, they can craft a character like. But that. it's also it's not just about crafting a character; it's also about casting the actor in that role because, yeah. and she is well, stellar. You, but she's great. But part of the reason Dinklage. you root for the Russian mob is because you like Peter Dinklage, right? Like yeah. part of the oh, reason you sure. root for Tony Soprano is because you like James Gandolfini. Yeah. You like Brian Cranston, right? Like you like, like mm-hmm. there's something underneath it all that is still likable because if they were just awful, like you couldn't watch a show like that. There has to be something in there that draws you in from a, from a, a personality standpoint. And so like you're willing to be like, well, I normally wouldn't root for the Russian mob, but this lady's pretty awful. So, but look, it's Peter. Yeah, and I like Peter Dinklage. So, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Joe, let's talk about what she's doing in general, this character. Yes. So what she, she is kind of like a guardian ad litem. What, where, what she does is she finds uh, elderly folks who can no longer, well, who she can convince the court that they can no longer take care of themselves. And then she will, when she becomes their guardian, what she does is she basically sells all their stuff. And then she can receive a payment for for her duties. And so she basically siphons off all the stuff and then then she puts them in nursing homes that she has deals where she gets a kickback from them. And so she's basically siphoning off their estate and... And uh, and so th- this is the the scary part of a conservatorship, which is you know we is in the news because yeah. of Britney Spears, right? But it's normally right. Oh, big Stan time. Lee, yeah, talking to our comic book crowd. Look at the people that yeah. were taking care of quote unquote Stan Lee. I know we're using a lot of quotes, but it's like that guy towards the end of his life. The people he should not have been doing yeah. shows. 
But they were, but the handlers, they were just wheeling right, them out were, there. Yeah, wheeling them out there so that they could take a percentage and they were managing yeah. his finances, which were payments to themselves mm-hmm. and all the, you know, so and you see that a lot with this. celebrities at the it, end. BB King should not have been torn for the last three or four years of his life. I mean, I saw some oh, of those shows. Wrestler, they were, wrestlers are the same brutal. way. Who was? Yeah, wrestlers. wrestlers. They do that to like old, old, old school wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They'll just wheel them out to Groucho shows. Groucho Marx just, you know. is that's a very famous yeah. story about the last you know five years of Groucho Marx's life. So I mean, it it you know it happens. And, and this what this film does is uh, on top of the whole conflict with the the two main characters that we're talking about. Uh, it shows how our healthcare system is failing a lot of people, especially the elderly, and also how they are treated like numbers. These elderly folks are treated as assets on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Right. And right, Marla right, right. Grayson is just looking at, oh, you know, I had this person and he expired after five months. You know, putting him in terms as harsh as that. It's like, oh, I thought he was going to last us yeah, at least she, a few years. Like, she's mad. Oh, yeah, the first guy. He was there for like six months. Like, he months. dies so early into his run that, like, the family ends up inheriting money. Like, she's, like, her goal is to, like, make sure this guy lose it. She she's siphoned the, off all she the wants money. She's to outlast the yeah. family. Yeah. So, so if you think about it, it's like you have a human being in, in, in the movie, a character, a human being has died. And her first thought is he only lasted me five months. So that's right. how harsh and cold she is. And it shows how there are people out there who really do treat other human beings as numbers. Look at the whole situation we're dealing with now. And this is not political. This is a human being issue. 500,000 people dead in the United States from this pandemic. And you have people out there. Oh, they were old. Oh, they had other yeah, issues. They had diabetes right, too, right. So who cares? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like because someone is sick or old or has other issues does not make them any less of a human being or a person that has family and a life. And so, I think this movie, again, it touches on so many things that I think it's making a, a great statement and is eye-opening for a lot of people because what she's doing is what a lot of human beings are doing out there in the world and why we're in such a terrible situation, part of the reason why. Yeah, yeah. so so what happens is she is working these these old folks, she's working these cases, and then Alicia Witt plays a doctor, uh, and she says, I think we got one. I think we have like a cherry. Yeah, they call it a cherry. A Which cherry. is funny because I watched this right after I watched the movie Cherry. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, this, I mean, how often do people make a point out of cherry in a movie? Cherry? And then there's a whole movie. And then this, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> so and what a cherry is, is this, per, this person who has uh, a vast amount of wealth and no um, family is o- no family, but and is old enough that we can maybe work yeah. this to and, our and, and no, 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 and no family to step in to protect them. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. No, Correct. no, no attachments. Yeah. No, and no one that can yeah fight fight her yeah. on this. So Marla does her thing. Uh, they get her to court. Oh man, I'll then... give you I'll give you all this info except for the medical records. That would be unethical. Yeah, that would be unethical. Like that's a nice wink, little wink, wink and nod nudge, nudge. to uh, right. loopholes and skirting around the legal system yeah. of you know I did all this, which is totally illegal and horrible and unethical. But it's like oh, but HIPAA, I can't give you these medical but, records. But you know that she did. No, right, like I don't know that she I did, but I don't know that she needed to. She, is the point. She, like, she I guess told she her enough her, stuff yes. that she <laughs> right. She basically gave her the medical information without giving her without the medical giving information. It to her. Yeah. yeah, but it shows you how people in control and in power can skirt the law and do everything but the illegal part, right? right and get right, away right. with it. And uh, another commentary: it, it might yeah. not be illegal, but it's immoral. <laughs> yes, yes, and should be illegal. Yeah, it should very much be illegal. So Marla and her. Uh, it's funny as I'm watching this, I was I was like, we should. This woman should be Renee Montoya. I know. I was thinking that's like, great. When that Gotham's when that when that Gotham Central show starts, they cast this woman yeah. immediately as she's Renee Montoya. awesome. Uh, Isaac, she's great. Isaac Gonzalez is the actor, and she is very charismatic. She's in Baby Driver. I think she's the fe- uh, the one the oh. female heist member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we, I don't watch the movie anymore because Kevin Space is a scumbag. Yeah. But so so yeah, she's she's the main robber, uh, the woman that's on their team, and she's yeah, okay. really charismatic. I think. She, she's really good in this role with the the dramatic stuff um yeah i i thought she was great yeah she has a great scene and we'll get to when she yells at rosamund pike for a reason um so they they go to this woman's house and they basically pull her out of the house and they've got the cops there and they're making uh it is not a good scene um and then they get this woman into like a i say nice <laughs> Like room in a retirement. Oh, it is home. nice. That guy. Uh, no, they. It they, is they, nice. They, I totally get yeah. that it's nice, but it's also just like she has no she, business. No, she's there. got no business. But th- right? that's the thing, though. Like it is. It's really nice because they want to take as much money from her as possible. So like they right, put yeah. her in a very right. expensive, lavish mm-hmm. nursing. That nursing home looked 
almost identical to the nursing home that my grandmother was in, and it was that place. We, oh, really? my, my, and look at all the money that you saved. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> how I pay for this podcast. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but like my my sister and I used to joke about the fact that it was like, I mean, the nursing home was like a cruise ship, but wasn't a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Like they. They there was like an ice cream thing where you could just go get ice cream whenever you wanted, and there was a you know a pool and a bowling alley, and I mean it was it was beautiful. It's cool. We've seen yeah. we have a lot of those that are popping up around this area, and they're very high end. Yeah. And it's nice that if people are you know trapped so to speak in a place, at least they can have have a theater room right. and go to the kitchen, and they go and get these amazing like five star looking meals from the yeah. chef down. You know, it's cool that they make it a nicer situation than feeling like you're like in a a motel room or right. something, you know? Yeah. Um, but this guy, Damien Young, uh, the actor, oh, always so plays good. like smarmy. Always like a smarmy yeah, scumbag. It, he's so yeah. good at it. And, you know, it's you funny. Like, that- I don't, when I see him, I don't see, I know he's played smarmy scumbags. I don't see it. I see he was the, he was uh, the love interest on Mindy, the oh, Mindy Kaling God. show. Yeah. Oh, really? And so, and so, like, that's who I always see. Like, no, no, we're not talking about the lawyer. Oh, I thought we were talking about the lawyer. No, no, the nursing home no, guy. No, the, the guy, smarmy, oh, the the guy, guy. Sorry, Sam sorry, sorry. The guy that runs yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. No, no, sorry. No, no, I know what you're talking about. And he's, no, it's Chris Messina, and he's amazing. He's but no, da- Damien Young is this smarmy guy, and you can tell that Marla works with him because, you know, she sa- he says that, oh, this guy that only lasted five months, now he's dead. But good news, his room's available. Yeah. And she, yeah. he's, she's, he says it's 2000 a week to hold the room for her. She says, oh, it was 500 before. And he's like, oh, if you don't pay it, yeah, but you're not well, the only one on the list. Again, it's like all these people that are supposed to be caring for human beings yeah. are treating them as assets and they're out for making money. And uh, I think that that's an, another very apt commentary on the state of medicine and, and healthcare. And, you know, just it can be hard to get someone into a nice nursing home like that. Oh, like we had to really hustle mm-hmm. to get. Mm-hmm. And when when my mother, the wait list is and ridiculous. when my mother was needing a nursing home because she, she my my grandmother was an independent living, but my mother was like sick and on the decline Mm -hmm. and in and out of comas and stuff and and like we were trying to find one that wasn't awful and like you really had to hustle to Mm -hmm. to find one where they would treat them well like i mean it was not it was not easy yep so they move they move her in yeah and then there's another scene where uh, Frankie is at the house and they've already repainted it. They've gutted the house. Everything's gone. I love, I, I, again, I think the score and the soundtrack in this movie is so good. It's got good. a cool, like, it's, synth 80s it score. It does. It's very. That's dope. I like it a lot. It's very cool. When I was watching the movie again, I'm like, this soundtrack is just awesome. Uh, but they yeah. go through that montage, them selling all the stuff. But then someone comes to check on and pick up. This kid, this, this taxi cab pulls up and this kid comes to the front door uh, and Frankie opens the door and she's. Uh, is it Franny or Frankie? It's well, it's Fran. She used to be Frankie. I when okay, they well, call the cop calls her to Frankie. her one love interest. Okay. she was Frankie, which right, is right, a little, right. little another little wink at like <laughs> I do like. You used to like to be called yeah. that. Uh, so he shows up and she's like, "That person doesn't live here anymore." And he was like, uh, "What? All right." Doesn't say a <laughs> word. Turns around, walks out, and of course her cop instincts kind of kick in. She's like, "Hey." Like who? Who are you? And he's like, nah, yeah. bye, and drives this away. This character of Fran, we should say, is very cool. Yeah. She is. She's, she's super. Like, I'm telling you, like she is the spitting. Like this entire movie, she's the spitting image of Renee. Yeah, Montana. I had she's, the exact same thought. Yeah, and she yeah. she has these cop skills, but in this movie, she's more of a private investigator. She takes the right. photographs of people. She finds out all their information and talks to people and gets documents and things. So has all the connections. Yeah, she's she a really right cool. I mean, really well written character. I like this her a lot, and she would be perfect in that role but basically she's like who who called you to to you know who called this cab <laughs> he's just like, he's oh, like okay yeah, bye. Yeah, bye and, like, and so <laughs> i think we should just say right here and set it up so they thought they had a cherry but the reason yeah, why don't her whole history is scrubbed <laughs> and she has no connections is her son is the head of this russian mafia Yes, her son Peter Dinklage is the leader of the Russian mob and in America. He, at this she point. has a fake identity. She has stolen yeah, the woman Jennifer. Jennifer, whatever. Jennifer Peterson. Uh, Fra- Frankie ends up finding out that Jennifer Peterson died in like 1935 or something, and they they yeah. used this identity for this woman. Um, but we don't learn any of that be- until 
uh, Marla comes face to face in what I think is one of the, is is the best. Scene oh, I in would the movie. disagree. The best scene is her and the lawyer. I love that's that. what I mean. I love. Oh, that's what I, I mean. Thought, her and the lawyer in, oh, in the office. Okay, I thought you meant the scene between her and Peter Dinklage at the end where she lays out. No, everything. no, oh, okay. her, Marla. Oh my and god, the that lawyer scene in the is office so amazing. Is he? Electric. That is the best written scene in the movie. Yeah. It's incredible performances, but that whole thing of intimidating and saying things without saying it, yeah. because what, so what he's brilliant. doing is the same thing that the doctor's doing, yeah. see? So you see this from all different angles. The doctor says, here's all this information, health declining, I can I can say this and that and that, but I can't give you the medical records. Right. Well, Chris Messina comes in as a lawyer, always in awesome suits, and he, he just is such... that I gotta tell you, that suit in the courtroom, I was like... Oh, <laughs> you look like you walked right out of a Dick like, Tracy movie. Right. It was a reverse a reverse. <laughs> pinstripe but, suit i've never the, seen that in it's my so life. cool with this character he just i don't know he's just this really well-dressed smarmy shark yeah, shark, yeah, totally, shark totally. lawyer but he he says in not so many words either you're going to release jennifer peterson from your care or we're going to kill you and the line that i think <laughs> is brilliant is where she's like are you threatening me and he's like no that would be ridiculous i'm just saying some people die sooner than others yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Do whole thing, what the exchange is written amazingly. So oh, it's so, so good. good. It was so but, good. But the point is, they picked the wrong person. It's Peter Dinklage. So the taxi cab guy has to go tell his boss that he couldn't pick up the mother. And when he's like, why and who has her and all this, he has no answers, which does not make Peter Dinklage very happy. And so they have to now figure out where she is. And you know. One of the things that I love about this movie is... Okay, Peter Dinklage is a small person, smaller person. And the fact that he is able, they are able to write these scenes and these all of these actors are able to show you that they are yeah. terrified and, and, of and him. It never comes up. It's not played for laughs. It never it's comes not, up. Like, I not love played for laughs. laughs. They just, uh, I mean, if this guy was uh, Tony Soprano... It's the same yeah. reaction, but the fact that it's Peter Dinklage makes him even scarier. But it's the same, and that's where I think uh, Jay Blake's and really has a knack for introducing these characters from all walks of life. Because not only is it never played for laughs, it's never addressed. Yeah, it never it, talked about. He, Peter yeah. Dinklage is a character in the way that uh, John David Washington is the protagonist of Tenet, and it's never like, oh, he's a black guy. It's like, no, he's just the lead of this movie. Yeah. He's Dude. just a guy, right? It's Peter Dinklage is a mob boss. He's not a short right. mob boss. He's, you know, he's, it's, he's an actor. He's a person. Um, I think this movie treats, you know, the characters like the world around us. There's all sorts of different people from different ways of life, looks, shape, sizes, whatever, beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so I like that, that there's people in this movie totally, reflecting yeah. the real world, and it's not like a thing. It's just, it is what it is, right? Right. So so now it comes down to, uh, it's Marla versus Peter Dinklage. Like, it's this is where we are. Peter Dinklage is trying to gather as much information as he can. Chris Messina ends up taking Marla back to court. Uh, wearing, like I said, a reverse pinstripe suit. That's exactly what mm-hmm. that thing is. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, it's bonkers. And he thinks he's got her dead to rights in this court hearing. And every time he's got an, like he's got an affidavit from a woman uh, stating that Marla and Alicia Witt, the doctor, conspired. Uh, Marla comes right back. She's like, she fired that woman. That She hates mm-hmm. that woman. It, uh, she being Marla is always like, one step ahead and no matter what yeah. evidence these people have because she has found so many loopholes and she's made her entire business on finding these at the end of the day uh, the judge Isaiah Whitlock Jr. who's great as always great. Uh, he's like are you her lawyer and he's like well if I could get into a room with her for five seconds I'm sure she'll sign a, pay- a retainer for me and he's like so you have no proof you are her lawyer he's just a guy Yeah, he's like I, I represent <laughs> concerned parties yeah. who are those I can't and tell then he's you. like, well, like, until well, you can prove that you're her lawyer, you can't be here arguing on her behalf. You're not her lawyer. So Marla right. is so smart. It, it, she's such an intelligent and ruthless person. Like, she's not doing good things, but she is very good at what she does. Yes. Uh, so Marla's at the gym, and she sees it. Well, we, we should see that. We should say that Alicia Witt is closing up this doctor's office, and there's this person sitting in the waiting room, and that's the last mm-hmm. we see of Alicia Witt. Uh, Marla's doing some workout stuff on a not Peloton machine. That's how you know she's not a good person. She's, she's a bad guy. I was wondering why does she have a Peloton? <laughs> Peloton was the first thing that went, came to mind when I saw that scene. Could you tell if it was like a Soul Cycle or like? Um, it was. It, a, it was like a rowing machine, wasn't it? No, she was on it was a, bike. a bike. Yeah. No, she's there's on a, a time machine. when she's on a different machine, but she's on a bike. 
The first one you see when she's sweating in the red light is a bike. I promise you she's yeah. in a spin okay. class. Oh, no, that's true. You I'm can... talking about the scene where she sees the report of Alicia Witt. No, no, no. There's two scenes when they show the you're bike. Right, you're right. I, so you couldn't tell what it was, though, Tom? It looked like it was supposed to be a soul cycle class Okay, it, to me. Well, I don't that's know what I was jerks. thinking. I don't know yeah. if it was. Tom Tom gave this movie half a star yeah. review just because of I don't that. know if it was officially <laughs> um, a soul cycle class, but that's what it looked <laughs> like it was supposed to be. She sees a report that Alicia Witt has been murdered. Uh, at this point, she goes and gets Frankie. And this is another great, probably the second best scene of the movie, is this interaction between her, Marla, and Frankie, where Marla's like, we're going to be okay, we're doing this. And Frankie's like, pack a fucking bag and let's yeah. go. And and Marla snaps. Like, there's a moment where she's like, oh, this is serious. Like, you're serious. If you're freaking out, like, I need to be freaking out because this is bad. The, the title, I Care A Lot, is great because... She's a caretaker, but she doesn't really care. Right. She says she cares about people in her life. She doesn't. She cares about herself. She cares about money. If she cared about these people that were getting hurt around her, if she cared about Frankie, she would get the yeah. hell out of there. But no, she doubles down and she wants to win. And so both these characters, uh, Marla and the Peter Dinklage character, are people that don't want to lose. Right. And so what do you get when you get two people that don't lose fighting one another is you just get death and loot and chaos and and so at the end of the day she doesn't care. She cares, she cares about, about herself, herself a lot. And that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the money. Yeah. So um I'm trying to think do they So is this where they, they try, is this where Peter Dinklage tries to break out his mom? That's right. Well, that does happen. We should say Diane Weist is amazing in this movie. She's, she yeah, says she's a wonderful. Lot. She says a lot without saying really anything. There's several confrontations with Marla and her that are like really good because she's just quiet and contemplative. Won't give Marla and, any information. Yeah, and Marla is like, "Who are you?" And she won't. But then she has this really almost like a horror esque scene where she's basically like, "They're coming for you." He's kind coming. Of a thing. He's and, coming for you. And it's terrifying yeah. because you don't know who she is, but you know that she's in trouble from talking to the lawyer and people are dying around her. And I think it's so perfect that you get this horrible person that picked the wrong fight with the Russian mob right. and gets her come up. And I love it. So Peter Dinklage tries to organize uh, a way for his, his mobster buddies to break out his mom. And uh, Marla just happens to be there, like figures it out. They figure out who this guy is. They figure out who the guy in the cab was. And it turns out that his name was, well, Alexi. she doesn't happen to be here. They get a call. Right. Right. That's show right. Up That's and, right. Yeah. Uh, and the, Frankie finds out that this guy is used to be part of the Russian mob. And so they start putting things together. They end up going back to the old folks home. And during this process, which is a, another very well done action sequence, uh, like a shootout in this tiny little hallway, which I always appreciate because that's never easy to film. Um, yeah. They, as they're leaving, Alexi and his is leaving with Jennifer uh, Marla just happens to be there, happens to be there, and smashes him in the stomach. And they... Nope, she gets a call, and they say that Jennifer Peterson's under lock and key, and when they're trying to bring out Jennifer Peterson, she gets a call, and she, her and Frankie show up to right, stop them. Right, and then they, they yeah. end up escorting. Of course, Peter Dinklage is there, but since he's the head of the resurrection mob, he's never seen in public. Well, so he's he, in a car yeah, right outside the right home, right. and she almost walks to him, and they, they pull her away. Pull her away and send in her one back. of those heartbreaking, frustrating scenes, right where yeah. she's right there. So they send. So basically, the mob eventually hit her where it hurts, and that's Fran. They they attack right. Fran, almost kill her, leave her leave uh, her in the house to die, turn on the gas. They yeah. think you know. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, they also attack Marla. They eventually capture her, and right. they make it look like she, in a drunk driving accident. They pump vodka into her, leave her with a bottle. Is that what that was? Yeah, they're, they're putting in her nose. So yeah, she'd be drunk, okay. legally drunk. Um, but they crash her into the water. She is able to wake up and snap out of it somehow. Breaks out uh, in a great she, scene where she walks into the gas yeah. station and she's soaking just, wet. Yeah, yeah. There's wet. a lot of really good scenes in this movie. Yeah. But they basically what it comes down to is that. Uh, She's still always one step ahead. Even though the mob has orchestrated all these attacks, she's a very smart person, and she ends up uh, finding, with all this information, finding Peter Dinklage. Mm -hmm. She takes out his driver. She poses as as a driver, and uh, she knocks him out, and she uh, leaves him like on and life like a, support, and like a basically. Ran, like a random like, sub-road. Yeah. 
And 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 again, even though she's a terrible person, you got to give her credit, especially when it comes to these two terrible people. It's like she does to him exactly what she does to all her right, other people right. and shows that he messed with the wrong person. He wakes up in the hospital and she, because he's a John Doe, has been granted conservatorship of him. And she basically ends up saying, I want the 10, I want $10 million from you and this will all go away. He eventually says, okay, I agree, but I've got a better idea. I like your style. Let's partner up. And so they end up creating instead of well, there's a, a small moment st- where you're just like, well, this can either. Okay. We can either root for Marla and she doesn't, she takes the money and runs or she becomes an even worse yeah. person. Right. And, and so she builds said, this massive, you know, yeah, so she builds a caretaker empire, and so not only in this city, but now all over the U.S., probably Grace all over the world. Or something. Yeah, they build this huge corporation, and so now her and the Russian mob are in cahoots doing what she does on a large scale, and so the end of the movie is she's on a uh, talk show, and they're like, how did you do it? And she has this whole talk. It goes back to what she says in the beginning. There's lions and lambs. Which one are you going to be? And she says, I'm a lioness, which I'm sure will anger more people because <laughs> she put a female spin on it. And, uh, she, you know, he He's like, how did you do all this? And what type of person do you want to be? And yeah, she says, I'm a lioness. I'll always protect the people that care to me, which she doesn't. Yeah. So it just shows how clueless she is right. in that regard. Uh, but she leaves her interview. She's walking to the car. Fran's smiling. They're rich. They're happy. <laughs> so here's what I will say is I have watched <laughs> enough wrestling to know when somebody is wearing all white. Yeah. Something is going to happen. <laughs> well, right. But here's like the deal. It's, it's, At this if point, Ric Flair walks out in a white shirt and a white jacket, there's going to get the blood, highlight the be blood all over that jacket. Yep. But at this point in the movie, I could understand if it ended like this, you would be very angry. What's the point right. of this movie? What are they trying to say? But this is where I think the movie is, again, brilliant. And I love it so much because of this perfect ending. It looks like she's got it all together. She's she got walks a, to she's the car. married. She, her and Frankie yeah. looks like they got married. They're at least all engaged. rich and, and famous and happy. Yeah. And then who comes back? The guy from the very beginning. Shoots her in the he, chest. Yeah. He his mom who she wouldn't let him see and stole her money and everything died in the nursing home without seeing her son. Yeah. Because so she, his, would, she refused. Marla refused to let the son go see his mother. Yeah. So he kills her. He yeah. murders her. And of course and, it's a it's a beautiful a beautiful but like she's she is wearing like a white blouse with like a white sports coat yeah. her hair is slicked back and then and as the soon blood. as soon as the bullet goes through bl- yeah. there's blood everywhere and it's turning the suit pink and it's like yeah I knew that was coming but I mean still. But that's the perfect ending she got what she yeah deserved. she got exactly what she deserved she Frankie ruined made it many many lives and yeah if she got away with it the movie would be horrible and I'm not saying the good guy always has to win but with everything we've seen what would the point of although the movie it's be still not a happy it? ending because she's unleashed this on the world you see them training hundreds it's of already people too late and how to do this so like like she's unleashed this you know this scam on the world no right? but she but she's still the the brains of the oh operation. i mean it was great to and, see her get shot but but uh, yeah. but uh but but it's still not a happy ending in that this doesn't end it like she's already like released this virus into the world right yeah, it doesn't have to have a happy ending it's just this movie was about her and she's a terrible person and she got what she deserved in the end and it's it's so fitting to her um i, I i'm so happy because a lot of the complaints again were what a stupid ending i hated the ending or i liked the movie what a terrible ending and it's like what yeah. other ending do you want for this despicable there's character? no other like there's no That's redeeming <laughs> qualities for her ever no. She's beyond so, redemption. Yeah, she's beyond redemption. So yeah. it's just like, what do you? Okay, I, that yeah. is, that's a dumb. I loved it. It, it. That scene, the way that they they edited it, you know, yeah. kudos to the editing with the interview and her walking happy and the score and everything, and then just like Fran having to watch her get murdered in front of her. It's like you, and watching her yeah. die. Like yeah. you watch her die on screen. Yeah. Because so she screwed over the wrong people. She screwed over the Russian mob and got into all this trouble. Still made it out because she's that good and smart. But it's still but another it's little person man. she screwed over. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and she screwed over the wrong person. Yeah, I was. Every- this is a. Yeah, this is a brilliant flick. Like that was, I, I was super impressed. Yeah, with this movie. I, I like this yeah. movie a lot. Like once I made my peace with the fact that there was no one to root for, then it was like, right. yeah. I, I, it was a fun ride. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. 
And of course, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and that's greatly appreciated. So that's it for this one. Uh, coming up next time, I guess we will tackle uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Did I get that right? Ooh, all right. So, uh, so anyway, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, Joe lies and he cries. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out, it's gonna ruin the plot. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.